you know, there's this feeling you get, I'm sure other MPs get this feeling, but you feel like your blood has gotten hotter and it's racing from your feet to your head and back down to your feet again. Hello, you are listening to NPE Stories. This is a podcast where NPEs can share their story. I am your host, Lily, and I found out I was an NPE through an ancestry DNA test that changed my life forever. NPE is a term that stands for not parent expected or non paternal event. This means that one or more of our parents are not who we believe them to be. NPE Stories is a podcast where NPEs can share their story of what their original family was like, how they found out they were an NPE, and what their journey has been like since the day they found out. Welcome to episode 134, and today I already have my guest with me, and we will be speaking with Jackie. Hi, Jackie. Hi, Lily. Thank you so much for setting time aside to share today. Thank you for all you do for all of us. It's it's very therapeutic, and I appreciate it. I know. I really, I enjoy, I get so much out of listening to everybody. It is It has become my therapy, so... Let's get into your story today. Go ahead and start at the beginning and tell me what your family of origin was like. Okay. Um, well, I grew up in a small town in central New Jersey, and my origin family um, consisted of my birth certificate father, Jack, and um, I'll refer to him as dad in the podcast, um, and my mother, Claire. And I had two sisters that were a few years older than I am, Mary and Patty. Um, my dad was originally from Chattanooga, Tennessee, and my mom was from um, northern New Jersey. And I always say when I talk about their marriage, I always say it was very much like the second civil war. I have two, my two older sisters, Mary and Patty, um, have always more or less been my mother figures. My childhood was very conflicted. Um, when I was alone with my mom, it was very lonely, often chaotic, and I spent a lot of time basically fending for myself. Um, my mother was either in bed sleeping or sitting in a chair, looking off into the distance, smoking a cigarette. You know, once one was out, she'd light another, and uh, often she'd be crying. Um, many times she would be taken away by ambulance and they would say she was having a nervous breakdown. Um, I think she was bipolar and, and depressed really. I think, um, that was the issue. Never really got anything motherly from her. And often, um, I was the sounding board for her rants against my father. And I was often, you know, I would often go into my room and hide or go into the basement and hide just just to get away from the craziness because it was just craziness. My dad, on the other hand, was amazing. He worked two jobs, but every weekend he found the time to take me on great adventures. I mean, canoeing, fishing, boating, crabbing, just just wonderful weekends. We just did so many great things together. And I, I, he, he's the one who I think it's, I mean, you say nature versus nurture. I think his nurturing made me who I am. I have 
the same sense of humor. And oftentimes I say the same things, just like how my dad would say them. He was just an amazing person. Uh, my parents' marriage was okay until I came along. And unfortunately, my sisters told me this. And yes, that makes me feel like shit. Um, my mother had a lot of miscarriages um, after my sisters and before I was born. And I was the surprise baby. Um, my mom was going to name me Jerry Lynn. But apparently the minute she saw me, she decided to name me after my dad. And uh, I always think back about that, that moment she saw me, if she knew. Uh, reason being, my mom had red hair and bright blue eyes, like Paul Newman eyes. My dad had black hair and gray eyes. Uh, both my sisters were very fair. They had freckles, blue eyes. Everyone's short in stature. And I was born and I had dark hair, dark eyes and olive skin. My oldest sister, Mary, said that the minute she saw me, the minute they brought me home from the hospital, her first words were, that's my Italian baby. And it just continually freaks me out that at her age, I think she was six, that she had that kind of thought in her mind, like this, this kid's Italian. <clears throat> Both my parents are Irish. Um, the family, I was brought up as an Irish Catholic girl. Um, and, you know, just thinking back of all the years that I've missed being who I really am. It's, it's kind of crazy. So moving forward, when my mom, when my, when I turned 13, my mother had finally decided to leave my father and they divorced and I was asked who I want to live with. And I, I chose my dad for a lot of reasons. Um, I didn't want to leave my school. I didn't want to start over. I, I didn't want to change my life. And honestly, I just loved my father so much. He was just such a great guy. And I just thought I'd be better off. And I knew I'd be better off, honestly. Um, she was very angry at this. And as she walked away from me, she yelled, he's not even your father. Um, oh, no. By this, yeah. By this time, I was so used to her, her cutting words, her hurtful sentiments um, that I I just chalked it up for, oh, she's just, you know, she's trying to cause chaos. Um, but again, that hit my head as soon as I found out. Oh, my gosh, she told me this. Um, I didn't see her too much after that. She, you know, she had boyfriends and she'd come around with her boyfriends and send me off with her boyfriends. And, and you know, sadly you know, a couple times they, they tried to molest me. I mean, it was just not a good situation. I told my mom that this man tried to molest me and she called me a liar and said, I'm just like my father. And it was at that point, um, I decided that I was done with her. I just, I couldn't do it anymore. And, you know, probably over the course of 20 years, we spoke maybe three or four times and it and, and it usually was just a few minutes and I'd had enough so she was out of my life that was it um 
One of the last times I did see her, I took her to lunch and I wanted to let her know before she heard it anywhere else that I was gay. And uh, her reaction was, you know, obviously she's a Catholic woman who was very religious. And so she was not happy and pretty much tore me down over it. And I, I think back in retrospect, that I sat there and told her my deepest, darkest secret, and she still didn't say anything back to me. She didn't tell me. So, like, I don't know. That kind of tells you kind of what she was like. Um, and so during that time, I, my dad had a, a lady friend and who was wonderful. Her name was May. She was wonderful to me, and, and I truly treasured her. Um, but during this time, he would go on weekends to stay with her because she lived a few towns away. And I would get dropped off at my best friend's house. And they were 100 percent Italian. I mean, you walked in and it was just Italian, like just seeping through the walls. Her name was Angel. And Angel's family took me in every weekend. And I was part of all their Italian rituals and Sunday dinners and um, just it was like the best I had ever felt in my life. I felt like I had a family. And they used to call me because I grew up in a town that was Irish and Polish. Her dad used to call me the Polak. And I would say, but I'm not Polish. I'm Irish. And he said, oh, you're a Polak. And, you know, he's, he's since passed. But Angel and I always joke around and say, man, if he knew that you were Italian. And we just laugh about it because it's just so funny. Anyway, so my mom died in 2004, and um, then my father passed in 2013, 2013 excuse me, and um, it was during this time that my sisters and I had gotten a lot closer, I think because of losing our dad, it just brought us even closer, and we, we all have this crazy sense of humor, we just, we just really mesh that way. And sometimes we would joke around and I'd say, you guys look so much alike and I don't look like you. Maybe daddy's not my father. And they would laugh. But one time I said it and they both looked at each other and I saw it a mile away. I was like, oh, my gosh. They know something. So it was at this time I, I decided. It was time to get a DNA set, you know, test. And uh, so I had gotten one from my wife for Christmas. So I sent it out. It was, it was the day after Christmas. I took it, I sent it out. And it was early February that it came back. And I got the notification and I sat down at the kitchen table and opened it up. And it was right in front of me. And it said that I was half Sicilian Italian. And, you know, there's this feeling you get. I'm sure other MPs get this feeling. But you feel like your blood has gotten hotter. And it's racing from your feet to your head and back down to your feet again. And I kept reading it. And I kept thinking, wow, well, this is a mistake. This isn't right. And I call I, I never call my wife at work ever because it's just the line of work she's in. She's usually not available. And I called her and she was like, is everything all right? 
And I said, Daddy's not my father. And um, I completely lost it. I, I think I cried more in those few hours than I'd cried in my whole life. To think that this wonderful man that I adored was not my biological father. It just, it was too much. So um, I waited a day and I decided, you know what? I'm going to get to the bottom of this. I have to find out. And anyone who knows me knows that I am a detective. I can find anything you need me to find out. It's, it's just one of those things. So I started looking. And I kept getting a lot of distant cousins, fourth, fifth cousins, you know, um, nothing substantial. And uh, but there was always this one name that kept coming through and it was a constant. And I thought this this is the name. I know this is the name. And. Um, so I decided I would keep searching and give myself a deadline, I gave myself. Believe it or not, I gave myself four weeks and I said, if I don't find anything out, I am through. I'm not going to do this because I was staying up all night long, and just preoccupied all the time looking at ancestry and doing searches and sending emails and, you know, nothing was coming of it. And then one day I came out and I was just, and I said, let me check. And there was a close match. Um, it said this person, because it was just initials, was either my cousin or my half great nephew. And I said, boy, that's that's kind of tough. How am I going to figure that out? So I sent an email. A few days later, um, a woman contacted me via email and she said, well, that's those initials are my my grandson. And I said, oh, OK, uh, maybe we're related. And she said, well. Um, you know, what's your nationality? And I said, well, apparently I'm Italian. And she said, well, we're not Italian, but his other grandmother is. And I said, oh. And I said, is her last name? And I gave the name. And she said, yes. And I said, could you give her my number and just a call if she could? Um, that would be great. And I hung up, you know, I got got off email and I was talking to my sister on the phone and I hung up the phone and the phone rang right away. And it was this woman. Her name is Mary. And she said, uh, I got your message. And I said, I think your grandson's either my great nephew or my cousin. I'm not really sure. And she said, well, I looked at your picture on Ancestry. And she said, I know you're ours. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, I come from a family that had three brothers, one of them being my father. And I looked at your picture and you are identical to our grandmother. And I think I'm your sister. And, uh, you know, it took my breath away. And at first I was like, ah, we're probably just cousins. I just kind of let it go. Like, I don't, I didn't want to get too excited. And she said, I'm going to send you some photos and some names via email. 
And so she sent them. And the first one I opened up was of my biological grandmother. And, you know, if if I wasn't looking at an old photo of someone in old clothing and in a dress, because I never wear dresses, but and in a dress, it was like looking at me. And I mean, I literally I was shaking. And I said, this is my grandmother. Um, it was just overwhelming. And so she gave me the names of her brothers, who are my brothers. And I did what any normal person would do. And I went on Facebook and searched them out. And uh, when I saw their photos, there was something so familiar. I, I can't even explain it, but it was just like this familiar heartwarming feeling when I looked at my brother's faces and their eyes, because we all have the same eyes and smiles. And I knew that I I found them. And so I <clears throat> sent some messages on Facebook. And my brother, Steve, immediately answered me. And um, his, it's so it was something, but he said, welcome to the family. And that was just, you have no idea how special that was for me. Mm. It was just, just an amazing feeling to be wanted because I was so afraid that whoever I contacted would, would not want me in their lives. You know, they've, they've got their whole lives, their families, they've been living their whole lives without me. And I didn't know if I would be welcome. And so I found out, you know, that my biological dad had passed away. Um, So that was, that was hard because I really hoped that I would get to meet him. And my grandmother passed away and that, that was another letdown. I really wanted to meet her. But I also found out that at the time I lived in New Jersey in an apartment in this little town called Spotswood, I lived within one mile of my biological father. We frequented the same diner, the same supermarket, um, the same restaurant, which I went to because I love Italian food. I went to that restaurant three times a week. And he had an actual permanent seat there that everyone knew he was sitting there and they knew him and he talked to people. So that was kind of crazy. Mm-hmm that I probably walked by him many times. I might, I might have even spoken to him um, because I'm very social and I, I found that he was too. Um, So I told my sisters, um, my oldest sister, Mary was very happy and excited for me. And wants, wanted to meet everybody and have the family get together. My middle sister, Patty, I think, took it kind of hard. And I almost kind of think she maybe felt a little threatened. Um, because she, you know, we got into a little bit of a disagreement about it. And she said, well, they never changed their diapers. I did. 
And I, I understood where she was. I do now looking back, I know how she feels. Like, how would I feel? I'd feel the same way. But over time, she has gotten to know um, my brother, Steve, and she absolutely adores him and they get along great. And now things are much better. I'm able to discuss everything with my sisters about my other, my other family. So that's kind of neat. Um, I don't feel, you know, so isolated um, with this. So it's been, it's been a journey. That's for sure. I last year, my new sister, cause I have two sisters named Mary, which I think is funny, but my newest sister, Mary came to visit me here on Cape Cod. And she, my, my next door neighbors, uh, Rich and Wendy were over and they filmed our, I, I can't call it a reunion. I don't know what else to call it, but you know, our reunion, um, and it was the most emotional thing I think I've ever experienced in my entire life. It was, it was magical. It was beautiful. Mm. We look so much alike. We carry ourselves the same way. I mean, I just couldn't stop hugging her. And we spent the whole night on the couch, like two 15 year olds going through photos and she went to go to bed in the guest room and I came back down and I went in the guest room and laid down and I said, I just want to sleep next to my sister. No. I said, we never got to do this. And I just want to sleep next to you. And she said, yes. And it, and it was just so wonderful. You know, all three of my siblings are wonderful human beings. And they have beautiful families. And I really feel very fortunate. It's, it's, you know, there's a lot of highs and lows. I mean, I've, I listen to your show all the time and I hear about the highs and lows and, and they happen in heartbeat. Like one minute you could be like, yes, you know, I, I just, I have two brothers now and I have this big family. And then the next second you think, oh, my dad's not my dad. My cousins aren't really my cousins. Um, I'm not as related to these people that I've spent my entire life with. So that's tough. Um, I met my brothers as well. My two sisters that I grew up with came with me to meet my brothers and their wives. And my cousin Sandy was there as well. And uh, we met at a diner in, in New Jersey. And it was beautiful. I just sat at that table and looked around the table and I saw all my siblings. Well, my sister. Mary couldn't make it. She lives in the South and that would have been a hard trip. But basically most of my siblings, I got to sit there at the table and look at them together. And being a lonely child and an only child, really, but a lonely child who always wanted a big family and wanted what I saw at my friend Angel's house every weekend, I finally got it. It was just surreal. At that point, I couldn't have been happier. So I'm very spiritual. I believe in karma. I believe in energy. And my friend had this little like luncheon and she had a medium at the luncheon and we could all go in and talk to her. And I was like, oh, I don't know, I'll try it. And so this medium said to me, you have two men on either, on either side of you have a man. 
and these two men watch over you. And I'm feeling like a fatherly presence. And she described them. She described my father, dad. And then she described this man who had like a pen holder with like, you know, the little thing that goes in the pocket with the pens. Mm-hmm. And um, she said he was a big man, very, had a big beard, very heavy set. Um, and he's very protective of me. And I said, oh, okay. And I walked out of there and I told my wife and she said, well, what did you think? I said, I don't know who she's talking about. That's, I don't know anybody like that. And after I got to know my brother, Steve, I was talking to him about this. And he said, my gosh, you just described our dad. He always had a pocket protector with the pens. He had a full beard. He was a heavy set guy and he was very protective. And I thought, my gosh, both my dads are looking after me. So that's kind of neat. Yeah. So, uh, I know you you asked how it changes people, how it changed me. Yes. It most it most definitely definitely changed me. I'm definitely a different person than I was before. One of the sadder things is I find trouble finding joy. Um that's kind of hard for me. I used to be very uh humorous. I loved parties. I loved to be social and go out. I don't love that anymore and I don't know if it's because I'm so conflicted I'm still conflicted with this whole thing and sometimes I get very emotional and I I cry at the drop of a hat but I know I've pulled away from my friends and I know I've pulled away from my my poor wife has gone through this whole thing with me I know I've I've definitely isolated myself a little bit and I'm not sure if that's a common thing or not and I've heard it on your show a million times, you replay memories over and over and over again and dissect them and look for things. I'm actively looking for reasons why this happened. Uh, We have no clue. My brothers and I do not have any idea. The only thing I can surmise is that my dad or my biological father often went to Italian-American clubs and and things like that. He was very social. And in 1964, my mom worked as a waitress at an Italian-American club. And it's just my guess. This is where this took place. Mm -hmm. Um, I also know for a fact that my mom was trying to keep my dad in the marriage. And I think it's just it's just my opinion, but I think she got pregnant with me to save her marriage. To act as though it was your your birth certificate father's. Correct. And in later years, my dad said, you know, he goes he he would say to me, I love you, but you know, if 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 you hadn't been born, our marriage wasn't doing so great. I don't know if I if we would have been able to make it, but once you know, your mom got pregnant with you. I couldn't leave. You know, that was the 60s. Men didn't leave. If you had kids, you stayed. And so a lot of people, and oh, and another thing is people, we say, oh, he's still your dad. He's still your dad. And while I understand the sentiment, and of course, he's still my dad, and I still love him like there's no tomorrow. 
But when people say that to me, I actually kind of get a little pissed off because not for like, probably because I think, do they think I don't know that? Like, he's my dad. He's the most wonderful person I ever had in my entire life. Of course, he's my dad. And I would never refer to my biological father as dad um, because I don't know him. So I refer to him by his name. I call him Russell. And and who knows if I'd gotten to meet him and got to know him, I may have called him dad. I don't know. But back to where I said, um, you know, has it changed me? Yes, it's changed me. But I do feel as time progresses, it's been two and a half years. I do feel as time progresses, I'm getting stronger. And I'm trying to repair the friendships that I've lost by being isolated. Um, I'm learning that it's okay to feel this way. It's, I didn't do anything wrong. And sometimes I think people look down on me because I was, you know, I don't know if it was a fair or what, but I, I was born not out of love because I know, I know that. I don't know how I know that I'm not born out of love, but but I count and I'm, I'm glad I'm here. And uh, just because I was born, you know, from two people who did not love each other, I think that makes me love more um, and appreciate the people that love me and that I love, you know, because no matter what, no matter what the crap my mom pulled or my biological father pulled and, I learned that, you know, my existence isn't based on how I was made, but, but how I live. So that's important to me to make sure that people know that we're, we're, no one did anything wrong. And we're all just trying to get to know who we are, get to know our heritage, which I've embraced fully. Um, I love it. Um, so I'm not going to take blame, you know, for being born and, you know, I'm excited about the future. I'm excited to continually get to know my family. I, I, I have 24 nieces and nephews now. Mm -hmm. Um, that's exciting. When did your birth father pass? So dad died in 2013. No, I mean your um, biological. Oh, oh, my biological father. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. He died in 2012. Mm. And how about yeah. your your new half siblings? How about their their mother? Is she um, still? Their, oh, oh, so here, yeah, I, I missed the, gosh, an intricate part of the story. So, so my siblings, um, Oh, let's see. So my biological father was married uh, to their mother. Uh, their marriage split up and the kids were young. I think Mary was two and, and the boys were older. Um, and they ended up living with our grandmother. So my biological father went to marry this other woman and raise her family and left the children with my grandmother. And yeah, and their mom moved back to 
South Carolina. So these kids just went to live with, and they called her Nan. They went to live with Nan, who is my twin, mm. um, which is not a bad thing because they had a wonderful childhood with her. Mm. Just amazing. And so, of course, when they saw me for the first time, it was very emotional for them as well because they just kept staring at me and touching my face and saying, mm. gosh, you look like her. So that was kind of, I don't know, it was kind of weird. You know, that's kind of a weird feeling (laughs) to be looked at. And, you know, it's, um, but my, my brother, Steve, he's very, very much like me, very sensitive and emotional and, um, which is a great thing. I find that to be a wonderful quality in people. Um, and he had sent my sister that I grew up with a message and and I saw the message and he said, thank you for loving her before we knew we should. Sweet. Just amazing. It still chokes me up. Do you think you were conceived? um, This doesn't matter, but do you think you were conceived when they were still married or when he was a single man? They were still married. Mm, okay. Yeah, my my biological sister Mary, I I call her I call her Sissy or Mary Number Two because it gets confusing. But mm-hmm. Sissy was two years old when I was born. Okay. Yeah, so we're very close in age. Mm. Um, and they were still together. Both sets of parents were all together. And that seems to be a very common thing for us NPEs. That hence the yeah. secrecy, the secrecy. Uh, yep. Oh, it's crazy. Um, it it boggles my head. It to this day, it still boggles my mind. I still look in the mirror and look at, and I really look at myself and go, "What the heck?" You know, like it, sometimes I look at myself and say, "Who are you?" Yeah. Oh, completely. And you know, Jackie, people love to reach out and connect with other NPEs they hear on this podcast. Is that something you would be comfortable with? Absolutely. Thank you. And how could someone contact you? Uh, through my email, um, I'll, I'll spell it. It's J-A-X-M-O Beach, B-E-A-C-H, Jaxmo Beach at gmail.com. Thank you. I will write that out in the show description of this episode as well. Thank you, Lily. Jackie, thank you so much for taking the time aside to share your story with us today. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to my story and for being there for so many of us. You have no idea how much it means. These stories are here for us to identify with. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, email npestories at gmail.com. You do not have to give any identifying information. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, I'd like to hear from you. Subscribe to this podcast to hear more. Come heal with us.